CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, a quick note about ads from us, your hosts. We are picky about our advertisers and all of our partners or brands or products that we either use ourselves or that we think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers is what allows us to make this show and they keep working with us because you, our listeners, use the unique links and codes they provide. It's one of the most meaningful ways to support what we do. So thanks for that. We're really, really grateful. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors and you'll find them all. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for a secret menu. That'll get you weekly access to members only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Erica, we got a submission in Instagram thingies mm. a couple weeks ago that was so good in the framing. I'm sure the thing itself is good, too. I just haven't tried it. This person writes in response to what's a thingy scoop this week. She writes, the Nilly Lotan Brady tea, regrettably worth every penny. And the idea of something being regrettably worth it just really hit home. <laughs> it just felt like a recurring theme in my life, I would say. <laughs> regrettably, regrettably worth it. it. Yeah. Often financially, sometimes in terms of effort, sometimes in terms of, you know, repercussions. It just felt like there are so many things. I would like a baseball hat maybe that just says regrettably worth it. Yes. You know, there are people in your life who are regrettably worth it. Yes. Um, <laughs> like they really just feel like they're more effort than they work. And then like, ah, uh, uh, regrettably worth, worth it. it. Regrettably worth it. it. We were, you and I just had lunch <laughs> at a diner whose menus probably had not been reprinted since 1992. And they were bragging about their cheesecake with a their quote. strawberry blonde cheesecake. Yeah, I think I took a picture of it. You did, I'll you just, did, please, please. I'll just read it to you straight. New York Magazine wrote about this strawberry blonde cheesecake. The house's strawberry blonde cheesecake is worth a month on your treadmill. Hashtag regrettably worth it. Regrettably <laughs> worth it. I mean, truly. It's like the most 1993 <laughs> text I've ever seen. The idea of anybody saying it's worth any time on your treadmill in this air, in this like day and age is no. But it really contributed to the sort of retro feel of the diner. We need people's regrettably worth it. Please call us. Ideally voicemail, but, you know, write in, do whatever. Tell us what's regrettably worth it in your life. 833-632-5463. Call us. The other all-time classic regrettably worth it is exercise, exercise sleep yeah. <laughs> sleep eating healthy all regrettably worth it <laughs> 
eating. Speaking yes. of, we yeah. have some cheese content. Mm, we do cheese content. We're we're gonna talk about cottage cheese for a bit. Yeah. So it feels like cottage cheese has a comeback every two years. I think that's absolutely right. It needs to get off the tired train because yeah. it is a classic. Like, yeah. it is not a trend. Yeah. It is not trending. No. Unfortunately, Wall Street Journal had a story this week. So the headline, way cool, W-H-E-Y. <laughs> Why? When did Wall Street Journal decide they need to get into the puns? Anyway, Gen Z discovers cottage cheese. So basically, surprise, surprise, this like new resurgence uh-huh. of cottage cheese is fueled by TikTok. Mm-hmm. The TikTok content that I have, have been served around cottage cheese is it's so gross. Tell me. It's like a plate of different things. So maybe there's some sauerkraut, some cucumbers, some this, some that. And the dips that all of these things are being, the condiments for all this, there's a pile of mustard and a pile of cottage cheese. And then sometimes you're like dipping the cucumber spear in cottage cheese and mustard. It's it's like a big cottage cheese and mustard combo platter. Okay. It's disgusting. Honestly, here's And I the say thing. that as someone who loves cottage cheese. Here's the thing. I also... I think compared to some of the other things that are happening on TikTok, you can fall off the ground. Um, <laughs> so what is happening most is that there's t- there's cottage cheese being blended. You're yeah, putting cottage cheese ridiculous. in a blender and then using it as an ingredient in like cottage cheese ice cream. There's a lot of cottage cheese ice cream. What? I, declare. I, I cannot. And then there's like a blended cottage cheese cookie dough, raw cookie dough recipe that you're just like eating. You know, okay. if you're blending cottage cheese, it is, is it still cottage cheese? You know, I don't think so. And like, is blending cottage cheese better or different or whatever? Than blending yogurt, which is or the like, obvious yeah, like thing. what, like, why are we doing this? Yeah. I guess is my question. I cottage cheese is a cream cheese substitute. I don't hate or like mixing it with cream cheese to sort of like give it some more heft. I don't mind that as a concept. Totally. No, I don't hate that. But blending it, yeah, blending it makes I, no sense to me. Right? Why aren't you just using cream cheese or yogurt or whatever? Yeah. There's there is smooth dairy. Yeah. Right. The whole point of blending something is to make it smoother. I guess cottage cheese is saltier than those things. Less and I was going to say it has more protein, but it doesn't have more protein than yogurt or something. It might. I don't know. It's very <laughs> odd to me. The cookie dough recipe was obst- extremely upsetting to me. Yeah, I think I feel be. about fake cookie dough the way you feel about like zoodles. Yeah. That, like just I get this like yeah. fire within me. It's just me. not the same. And like why are we doing it? Right. Like, why are we trying yeah. to stop stop trying to make fetch happen. Like we yeah, don't need yeah. this product. This mm-hmm. is not solving a problem for anyone. Yeah, no, I agree. But I have had some really good iterations of cottage cheese lately yes. that feel fresher, not trendy, just like yeah. a, a way to eat it and not blended by yeah. the way. So we had a breakfast meeting the other day mm-hmm. at Dimes yes. in, in, in Dimes Dime Square. Square. <laughs> Dimes Square, in Dimes Square. Our friend Marissa had told us about a menu item uh-huh. called the Papaya Delight, uh-huh. like in the vein of Tasty Delight. Yeah, L-I-T-E. Exactly. And it has papaya, pineapple, cottage cheese, black pepper, and lime. And I can't tell, I, there was lime I, It was zest. definitely lime zest. Was there lime juice, do you think? I think there might've also been, it also, my mouth is watering talking about it. It I know. was so good. The, the lime was the true revelation for me. Same. Because I think there might have also been salt on it. Probably. I, I think that like pepper is the real revelation for me yeah. with cottage cheese in general. Was I think there that, was like, pepper on. Yeah, yes. I guess there was pepper. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think of pepper as like a common. 
if you go savory with cottage cheese, you, you add, add pepper, pepper, of course. But yeah. this was not savory. This was sweet. No, this was sweet. Exactly. I think pepper yeah. on sweet, yeah. like, is really. No, I agree with that. So I, one of my mom's go-to, like, here's your lunch on a Saturday, was cottage cheese with canned dull pineapple, and it was delicious. Totally. And this felt like an elevated version of that, where 100%. the elevation actually helped. Like, it just didn't just feel ridiculous. I was like, the the lime really, and yes, lime zest specifically, really hit it home. I agree. Yeah. This also used to be a go-to side order for me at Steak and Shake. You can get cottage cheese no with pineapple. Idea. Yeah. Incredible. You can get French wow. fries and ketchup and you can get cottage cheese and pineapple during the same meal. I've never been to a Steak and Shake. I know. And it's upsetting. The other thing mm-hmm. I've had recently is something called, that Bon Appetit calls a cottage cheese salad. It could really use a better name. It's basically, think of like Greek salad ingredients. So cucumbers and tomatoes mm-hmm. and black olives and whatever, whatever on a base of cottage cheese instead of feta mixed in. Mm. It's those flavors. Is there lettuce? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this. Um, This makes sense to me. They also have like scallions and radishes Mm -hmm. and vinegar. And Mm -hmm. I do think olive oil on on cottage cheese works great. I also do zatar a lot in those situations. Yeah. I'm making an effort for Cam to eat less things out of a box. It's required some clever marketing, one of which was introducing the idea of princess sandwiches because, you know, princesses eat tea sandwiches. Uh, Don't I? cream cheese and cucumber, but I was like, maybe he could have some cottage cheese and cucumber. So I've been making him those sandwiches. Quite good. I was like, you oh, also I like, like princess, princess sandwiches. sandwiches too. Yeah. Can I talk about the best children market, like the children food yes, marketing please, thing I've seen please. in yeah. maybe my entire mm-hmm. life? So an account, Snacks with Jacks, said, here's my best parenting hack. You know how kids always want Paw Patrol yogurt or Disney waffles or whatever? Bring your own stickers to the grocery store and start sticking. Today, we're having Winnie the Pooh brand spaghetti squash. It goes perfectly with Toy Story broccoli. (laughs) And there's a picture of a spaghetti squash with a Winnie the Pooh sticker. And there's also just something about how well Winnie the Pooh matches to the spaghetti squash. It does make it feel like a brand. Like, it's so good. It looks like a fruit sticker. Yeah, totally. It looks like a produce it's sticker. It's perfect. It's so, it's so smart. It's totally genius. I think I will try it. Unfortunately, what I have found for the most part is that these things work once or twice at best. And then he's like, he's like, I don't actually like spaghetti squash. Yeah, he's just like, I want the princess sandwich, but without the cucumber, which still is a bit of a win because it's like, it's not peanut butter and jelly. Totally. It's something different. It's, a, it's protein in a different form. Yeah, That's good. and less sugar because no jelly. So it's fine. We, we're making our way. I wondered if we had talked about cottage cheese before. Definitely. On this podcast. So I searched our Google Drive and the Google Drive thought really long and hard. And then it spit out the inaugural episode of this podcast Wait, in, in 2015. The, in, in, the very first episode of this podcast. We launched the podcast and we were like, you know what we have to talk about? <laughs> Well, I don't know how much we went into it because I think I was just reading either like the sh- I think I was reading our notes. We so we were introducing because this podcast started as and sort of continues to be a spinoff of our Monday newsletter. We were introducing to our audience at the time the concept of that newsletter and asked ourselves, what's the saddest, most desperate, most reaching thing you've ever put in the newsletter? And one of the answers was cottage cheese, because I think we had and I think it was me like I think I just presented it as like ready for cottage cheese to have a comeback. Because, um, okay, because there was a moment where it seemed like, of course it's going to, and good culture hadn't taken yet. Well, or and yogurt, like fancy chic yogurt was really yes. exploding at that moment. Yes. So that was, yeah, good culture hadn't taken, but like cowgirl creamery came out, had a cottage cheese. 
And there was another one that's still around right now that's like in an orange thing. And I remember you and I saw it for the first time at Farm Brentwood Shop. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, this <laughs> Why? is happening. Claire, I couldn't tell you what I did yesterday, but can picture where we saw the cottage cheese in, in what? the cooler. 2014. <laughs> we would discuss cottage cheese again later that year, I think less than six months after this first discussion. We were patting ourselves on the back for predicting the trend of cottage cheese. We didn't know yet that it was a trend. It should mm-hmm. be trend-proofed. It should yeah. be trend-proofed. Yeah, no. In the newsletter where we had originally predicted it, I linked the Bon Appetit horseradish cottage cheese dip, which sounds great. I don't remember it, but according to an email exchange, I made it for a scandal club gathering in 2014. My inbox also revealed that a lot of people had thoughts about cottage cheese in the, after we mentioned it in the newsletter. So someone recommended it as a dip with Fritos. Fritos in Fritos in general, we're going to need to come back to some other time. Yeah. Because I think that is an underappreciated oh product. God. Chili cheese Fritos, don't get me started. Ugh. I was also apparently eating it as a dip with apples and putting slow roasted tomatoes over it, which I, it All must be true because I don't know why I lie about that, but I have no <laughs> memory of it. Because sometimes we need to rediscover our past. You know yeah. what I mean? It's no, like it's we. True. It's true. Thank you so much to Pillsbury Crescent Rolls for sponsoring today's episode. I was reading a book to Cam last night. It's called Please. The Smart Cookie. It's about a smart cookie. Yeah, um, totally, 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 totally. And the smart cookie comes from a bakery. In the bakery are pictured all of these baked goods. And Cam loves to say when he sees something that looks appealing, usually a baked good, can we make that? So like, as an example, do you know those Subway ads that have recipes that are like video recipes that that they of show course. us now? Of course. Wait, can of we course. make that? Can we make that? So we're reading the smart cookie last night. He sees croissants and he's like, can we make those? Because he loves croissants. And I was like, sure, knowing that this was going to come back to bite me later because I cannot make a croissant. No. And, then, and then he's like, actually, let's make a chocolate one. And I was like, mm. and in my head, I'm spiraling, but like still reading the book, trying to play it cool. And I had this moment and I swear to God, I didn't even think about the fact that we were going to be talking about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls today. But in my head, I'm like, the answer to this it. is those Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and just putting chocolate chips inside. Like that is the oh, only- Oh, or you could just, you know what you could do, Claire? You could do the Hershey squares in, or like the chocolate mm-hmm. bar squares well, inside. I was validated. I looked it up. Pillsbury has on their website all of these different recipes for what to do with their Crescent Rolls and all the different things you can fill them with. They suggest the chocolate chips. I don't know, oh, you know, how it would okay. go over yeah, with anything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, 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 totally. But they suggest just dropping some chocolate chips in there. And there you have what is essentially, what I think for Cam would pass as a chocolate croissant. Yeah. And as I've made a chocolate croissant. This is the thing also, because he wants to bake constantly these days. Mm -hmm. And one that's time consuming, two, it's messy. And this Mm -hmm. is a way to like, it's it's almost like, it's like Play-Doh slash baking. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's like, it's it's a 20 minute process. You still get to watch the thing in the oven. You still get to have the experience of something being hot without it being like a, a whole thing. A whole thing with flour all over the floor. Love this. As, as Pillsbury says, it is as easy as fill roll bake. You just throw those chocolate chips on there, eat some yourself in the meantime. And they have all sorts of recipes. If chocolate crescent rolls slash croissants are not your thing, they also have pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, ham and cheese crescent rolls. All of this at pillsbury.com slash everyday eats slash fill roll bake. You can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com.
Thank you so much to Brookfield Properties Partner to Empower program for sponsoring today's episode. We're so excited to tell you all about this. Um, we have so many entrepreneurs listening and friends of entrepreneurs that you could be sort of passing this along to. So Brookfield Properties created the Partner to Empower program to help break down the systemic racial barriers faced by business owners of color by offering educational resources and funding opportunities to help selected applicants open or expand their brick and mortar footprint at one of the Brookfield Properties 90 plus malls across the country. At its core, the whole point here is about furthering equity in retail and increasing access to things like that every business owner deserves, the joy of entrepreneurship and the power of support. Applications are being accepted now through August 11th, so just around the corner, and the application process is super straightforward. It is free to apply. The Partner to Empower program offers a tailored four-week retail workshop led by industry experts, and it's all virtual. It is a masterclass on all things business and brick-and-mortar retail. It covers things like building business plans, business banking, marketing, staff staffing, store operations, leadership, and more. And the best part, it's included for all accepted applicants. You'll get one-on-one business planning and guidance from Brookfield Properties, networking, and community support from a cohort of fellow accepted applicants across the country. Plus, there are funding opportunities to kickstart the store opening process. This could be right for e-commerce businesses looking to get in front of shoppers IRL, food truck owners wanting to set up a permanent location, or small businesses with the success at local markets or pop-ups who are ready to take the next step. Are you a business owner who could benefit from Partner to Empower? Do you know an entrepreneur who should apply? Get more information or apply by August 11th at partnertoempower.co. That's partnertoempower.co. A Dear Media original podcast. Her name is Coco. For a while, it seemed like Coco Berthman was everywhere. There was this girl from Germany who had been trafficked in a most horrible way. But in early 2022, it all fell apart and people started questioning everything Coco had ever said. Is her name even fucking Coco? We don't even know that. I'm Sarah Gannam, host of Believable, the Coco Berthman story, a new investigative series from Dear Media. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. I made a recipe recently that's like basically zucchini broiled and then topped with the ingredients that you put in like a Mexican corn elote, like mm, uh, mayo and feta so and chili powder and lime yeah. juice. And it was so good. Yeah. And Thomas was like, I love this. We should have it again. Yeah. It was like, we've had it before. We used to make it all the time, like seven years ago. And then yeah. we stopped. God knows why. You just forget. Because you forget. And you of all people, you actually have systems in place for this. Well, I think it wasn't in the right spreadsheet. You know yeah, what I mean? No, like, I know. It's so really now it is. hard. Now it is. I do want someone to create a better solution for this. I know. And people are going to recommend eat my books and it's not the answer for me. Because I, you asked me today, you were like asking for a vegetable recipe. I was like, I'm sure I have them. Right. I'm in a cooking rut. When it's time to eat dinner, I'm like, I've never cooked a recipe in my life. I couldn't Who could possibly. <laughs> Who could possibly say? That zucchini sounds so good. Did you? Are you growing your own zucchini? I am. Okay. This isn't, it's not ready it's, yet. Okay. Mine isn't. But we got zucchini at the farmer's market and I was just really excited about it. And this was perfect. I've been having zucchini cravings and I'm kicking myself for not growing it because it's like the one thing that's it's kind really, of hard to fuck up. Yeah, it's, it's very easy. easy to grow. And it, it likes to produce a lot of vegetables. And it's which so is, good. I agree. I I'm in a weird place right now where I'm really into zucchini and cucumber to vegetables. I typically renounce. Yeah, I thought you didn't like zucchini. I didn't. 
in fact, like the only thing I don't like about Provence is how much zucchini and squash they serve you. <laughs> that is sort of what I recall about your feedback it's, about Provence. You're like, there's too much zucchini. I was like, I love that. I it's, love there is that. Far too much zucchini when you go to Provence. I You're so into it. flossing now. You're so into I zucchini. Know. And, wow. <laughs> you. I, that zucchini elote sounds incredible. I called my mother-in-law the other day and she had just made a zucchini carpaccio from her farmer's oh. market box or CSA box. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, carpaccio sounds deeply fancy. Doesn't that sound yeah. good? Yeah. There was cheese on top of that wow. too. Yeah. Speaking of cheese, Speaking another of one cheese. we'd like to talk about. Yes. Pimento cheese. Which you served recently. I did. It was a hit. It was a hit. It was so good. I just think pimento cheese is one of those things that whenever it's at a party or whatever, nobody gets it enough. Yeah. And then when it's there, they're like, it's like such a delight. You know what I mean? Everybody is so happy about it. And it's just so much better and easier for dipping than a classic like cheese board cheese. You know what I mean? That's all. Like there's no knife involved. Well, one reason I don't get it enough is because Chris has a sensitivity to peppers. Oh, um, right. Which, you know, I think is a dose of it all. I think it's an undiagnosed nightshade allergy that is basically like a running joke in our family at this point. But that is why I don't get it that much. Whenever I am in a Southern or Southern-ish grocery store, I'm always astounded by the pimento cheese offering. Mm. Uh, When I go to see my brother and sister-in-law who live in Charlotte, there'll be a whole like spread of options where if in New York, if you can find one, you're like lucky. Right, right. Um, The one, so I got, this was one of these rare cases where I was shopping on Fresh Direct and they just threw in a sponsored placement and recommended. And you were like, absolutely. Yeah, it was Callie's Hot Little Biscuit, traditional pimento cheese. And I was like, yeah, I will. Thank you for this advertisement. I will buy pimento cheese for my next gathering. And (laughs) it was, I do think some pimento cheeses are better than others, obviously. And this one I thought was phenomenal. I also think the Zingerman's one is Mm, really, really good. And I've always felt a little bit of shame for liking the Michigan pimento cheese. Yeah, because I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel quite right. But I learned the pimento cheese originated in New York. Wow. Now, obviously, it was perfected in the South, Uh but uh it started here. So basically, per serious eats, the peak of Georgia pimento production from the 1920s through the 1940s corresponds directly with the national pimento (laughs) cheese boom. And that is why it is considered pimento cheese boom. Yeah. Is this like a truly American food, I guess? Truly American. So few of them. Claire, we are combining processed ingredients into a dip that we are probably dipping chips into. And would you say, like, what? It's mayonnaise and mustard and pimentos and cheddar cheese? No, I don't think mustard. Okay. Mayonnaise, cheddar. It's like grated cheddar. Mm -hmm. Chopped up pimentos. Chopped up pimentos. Sometimes onion, Mm. salt, pepper. I think garlic powder sometimes. So there's a really fascinating controversy Mm -hmm. (laughs) related to pimento cheese. So you know the Masters mm-hmm. golf tournament. Yeah. The food at the Masters is like its whole, it's like own. It's like, like the food at Disneyland. It is like renowned, not necessarily for being really good, but for being really distinct and like Legendary. to be to being like distinct to this place. Okay. And there is a pimento cheese sandwich that is mm-hmm. sold for $1.50. Mm. Like has been for, it's okay. still. It's like, like a Costco hot dog. It's a Costco hot dog. And okay. it comes in a green Ziploc that matches the jackets. Mm-hmm. And it is like an Augusta National specialty. Mm -hmm. It is like such a thing. But there is drama. Because there is now a new recipe for the pimento cheese. So basically, there's a person who originated the pimento cheese and who like... The pimento cheese sandwich or just the pimento cheese that goes into the sandwich? The pimento cheese that goes into the sandwich. That person left, was fired, whatever it was, and a new caterer was brought in, this guy, Ted Godfrey. And he like spent like an entire season trying to figure out how to get this pimento cheese right. This was like... 
late 90s, early aughts. And finally, they unearthed a bucket of the pimento cheese from the freezer that the other guy had made. And oh he, God. like, backed into figuring out what the thing is. And there's so definitely a secret ingredient. eating, like, thawed, previously frozen pimento it cheese. It doesn't sound great. But it feels like it was worth the effort because he nailed it. And everybody was oh. like, wow, Ted got there. Like, amazing, amazing. In 2012, they decided to fire Ted or, like, get rid of Ted and bring in in-house catering. Because they're like, our brand is too precious. We can't have this okay. outside catering company. Okay. Ted owns a like restaurant nearby. Okay. They're like, we need to like, we need to control okay. the full experience. So we're yeah. bringing this in house. And they realized that they were going to like lose this pimento cheese recipe. And Ted said he would give it to them in exchange for a few badges, like to access yeah, the master yeah. tournament. And they declined. They declined. They declined. Like, this is like when Shonda Rhimes left her contract with ABC to go to Netflix because she asked for an additional Disney pass for her kids. And they were like, no. And she was like, then I'm out. Bye. That's it is exactly. It is exactly. Yeah. Why? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this, guys? Also, why don't you want this man? Like, this man was like part of your institution for years and years. Whatever. Wow. It's like I felt so great about the Masters, right? Yeah. Um, I, was, that, I was hoping we could segue into general. <laughs> like, I know so little about golf and even less about the Masters, but it feels problematic to me. Obviously. Yes. So... Reviews came in in 2013 that like, mm -hmm. wait, this pimento cheese is not as good. It's Obviously. definitely different. It's not as good. And this guy, Wright Thompson, wrote for ESPN that there's definitely more spice and some think there's more mayo. There's an entire, <laughs> there's like a good amount of coverage okay. of the change in the pimento cheese. For a while, Ted Godfrey was selling his pimento cheese oh. on Gold Belly and selling I green plastic bags. <gasps> I know. I, I was like, this is such a good gift. Yeah. Like an incredible gift. But he stopped. Which makes me feel like there's some drama or lawsuit or like something of him like leveraging the Masters or Augusta National or like whatever, whatever, in a way that makes me angry. Yeah. Is what I have to say about Let's that. get that man on the podcast. Right? Ted, Let's get to the we're rooting for it. you. I feel like if any cheese is due for a trend moment, it's pimento. Yes. Yeah. There is a frittata recipe on New York mm. Times Cooking that I have not tried. It's called the Pimento Cheese Frittata by Valerie Lomas. And it sounds deeply up our alley one because it's a frittata. Yeah. And it calls for pimento cheese ingredients, not the cheese itself. So you sort of like cobbling this together. Is there cheese in it? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just not, okay. it's you're not cheese taking like pimento cheese okay. from the bucket okay. and putting them in okay. the frittata. Which I wouldn't um, say no to. Yeah. I mean, okay. Nor would I. Yeah. Yeah. It does actually feel not unrelated to Lipton French onion soup dip. Definitely emerged. Which also is like, trending, although, you know, for many of us never left. It's cottage cheese. Yeah. It shouldn't have highs yeah. and lows. It should just just always be there. Yeah. Similarly, pimento cheese. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm sure for, for many, pimento cheese has never left. If you have people over mm -hmm. and you have pimento cheese and Lipton's mm -hmm. French onion dip out, no one's like, where's the Gouda? Yeah. No, that's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. This gets back to our overhosting. Overhosting. Yeah. Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. You may notice that we don't do tons and tons of ad partnerships with vitamin or supplement companies. And that is because when we do it, we want it to be a product that we really believe in, 
a product that feels like it's the real deal and one that we take ourselves. And all of that is true of Nutrafol. It is why we have been partnering with them for so long. And we are so excited to still be in partnership with them and still be taking these pills. Erica just the other day was like, I need a re-up. And I was like, girl, you're burning through those. I've really incorporated into my routine. And yeah. like now when I sit down at my computer for work and I get my glass of water, I like mm-hmm. take my Nutrafol. It's just part of the thing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. From postpartum to menopause, and no matter your life stage, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women. Each is physician formulated using drug-free, science-backed ingredients, so you get the most reliable results. Go to Nutrafol.com and take their hair growth wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code a thing or two. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code a thing or two. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code a thing or two. Thank you so much to Thrive Market for sponsoring today's episode. I sometimes accumulate this list of of like products and things I want to try and then mm-hmm. going to the grocery store and trying to find them or like the little like smaller shops. Um, it just feels like such a journey. And it has been such a delight to rediscover that duh, Thrive Market carries a bunch of these brands. So that like. many. So many. Like in my last order, I got the bachan Japanese barbecue sauce that someone had gone crazy about in our in yeah, our Instagram not just thingies. Someone, one like person said people. something, and then everybody piled on via DM that this stuff is amazing. God, what a good tip. Yeah, they also do a gluten-free one. Um, nice. and they have a Yuzu one. They have all of them. They sell the Julie's dates, you know, J-O-O-L-I-E-S. They have Canyon Coffee. Like, there's a lot to like choose from here. Stuff that I'm like, oh right, yeah, this stuff. How did I get my hands on it? They also have those Sephora vibes of like, let us let us throw in a free sample of something for you. And gotta say, it works on me. I got the primary kitchen buffalo sauce the other day. I'm obsessed with it. It is. I'm very much on the brink of being able to never look at it again because I've eaten so much of it in too close of a session, you know? Feels pretty on brand. Feels pretty on brand. Thrive Market is wonderful. You too can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash a thing or two for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash a thing or two. Thrivemarket.com slash a thing or two. My most useful, meaningful mm-hmm. computer shortcut right now, the it's like my signature this, keyboard this shortcut. I would say has changed my life on the level of, of both flossing and the form sports bra. Option shift command V. Yeah. This is paste and match style. Like if I were someone who wore a baseball hat that mm-hmm. said. Um, regrettably re- worth it. Regrettably worth it. Yeah. I might also wear one that said option shift command V. Yeah, that's a great one. There is so Can you much. Imagine the people you'd meet who'd be like, "Oh my God, you know too." It's a real. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. There is so much moving around of things that we do on the internet mm-hmm. and just in, in documents and whatever and mm-hmm. the lives that we live. Right, we're just copying, yeah. 
things from notes into yeah. emails, into Google Docs, into, into, yes. into, into. And you could spend the bulk of your life fixing formatting yes. if you don't use this. And yeah. this just solves all of that. It, it feels like it magic. Take, so what it does is it you copy text from, let's say, a website and you put it into your Google Doc or your email. If you paste it using option shift command V instead of just command V, what it does is it uses the same font native, native and, font and formatting. And formatting and size and all of that that is already in the Google Doc or the email. So you don't have to then highlight and make and make, make it, it size uniform. 11 yes, and that's exactly. that's that, 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 that. And of course, to say nothing of spacing and everything. And the else. weird indents yes. that happen yes. and like all of it. Mm -hmm. I feel really strongly about fonts and you really bear the burden of having mm -hmm. every document in our lives in Georgia. Which is truly a whatever of. font. It's not offensive. No, and it's, it's not even that I like, <laughs> like love Georgia so yeah. much as I find it to be like the best of pleasing to read or like. Yeah, it, no, it is pleasing to read. It has a little bit of personality. It just truly like I'm like, but what about Times New Roman? So when I was in high school, Times uh -huh. New Roman was my favorite. Okay, yeah. that's what I've never understood and have never have I feel like maybe like once a decade I interrogate this where I'm just like, but why? <laughs> I, Georgia specifically. I think it's a little bit chunkier and a little okay. bit more spread out that makes it easier to read. Okay. Is my okay. it, vague sense. But okay. it's not that I think it's so beautiful. I just think okay. it's like easier to read. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so because I've done this to uh -huh. us, I yeah. do feel like at least having this keyboard shortcut helps to lighten the burden of that load. I mean, it's huge. My life-changing thing that I didn't even realize how much it had changed my life until someone else told me it changed their life. I moved my stain remover into my bedroom in the place where I take off my clothes. Yeah. Which I hadn't done. And then at some point, what I realized was happening was either stuff wasn't getting stain remover until I did laundry a week later, at which point, good luck getting the stain out. Or I wasn't the one doing the laundry and then no one was putting stain remover yeah. on the thing. So I was like, I have to put stain remover on as soon as I take the thing off. And Tova, a.k.a. Tidy Tova, a.k.a. a cleaning and organizing professional was over the other day. And she was like, yeah, you know, I started putting my stain remover in my bedroom because I noticed you did it and it's changed my life. And I was like, hugely validated one. Because totally. it's rare that I... Give the student becomes tips. a teacher. Yeah, it was a student becomes a teacher. Also, just no one ever takes cleaning inspiration from moi. <laughs> Let me tell you. I am not tidy, Claire. Did you write about it? <laughs> I'm not clean, Claire. It's not my my vibe. My vibe is stains. And so I felt really valid. And But I also realized that it had, in fact, had a huge impact on my life at this very small thing. Yeah. I do this. And I don't know when I started or why exactly. But, but my laundry situation is like in a separate part of yeah. our building and whatever. And it, it, I go in like, and I put the laundry in and then I go in and take it out. And I do, I'm not spending yeah. a moment there. I think it's helped me put stain remover on as soon mm -hmm. as I like take something off yeah. or whatever. But I think it has also helped when I go to do the laundry to be like, it's right there. So mm -hmm. I feel a little bit more compelled to be like, well, like if I'm doing a load of whites, I should at least check and see yeah. if a collar of a shirt yeah. or a bed sheet needs it. Because otherwise, I just, I don't think I have the instinct. Well, yeah, I mean, I keep the stain remover by laundry and I bring my hamper to the laundry so that's Same. when I take it out. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I was like, you're allowed to have two bottles of stain remover. I also just bought a new stain remover. I haven't had a chance to really test it, but Tova was deeply enthusiastic about it. It's called Miss Mouth's Stain Remover. I'm going to report back. I feel Please. I love a good stain remover. You know I love Zout, 
hard to find. Hard to find. Yeah. I also brought back Savant de Marseille for both you of did. us. From, I'm excited about that. From France. Um, hey, have you tried that like soak stuff that people have been recommending? No, but I've wanted to for years yeah. and I almost bought some to travel with. And it was recommended to us years and years and years and years and years ago by the designer Lynn Harriak behind mm-hmm. the line cardigan, mm-hmm. a sweater, like a, really a sweater line. line. And she was like a huge fan of soap like a decade ago. And it's a hand-washing detergent? So it's a hand-washing detergent. It comes in like a bunch of different scents, including uh-huh. unscented. And it's for like basin or like sink washing. And you don't have to rinse it out. That's tremendous. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Because I yeah. think I'd wash more sweaters that way. Yes, totally. Okay. Totally. Than totally. Them to the dry cleaner. Totally. Okay. Something else that was a vacation mm-hmm. takeaway for me. In praise of the long vacation lunch. Mm -hmm. I think this might come back to the conversation that we had a while ago about basically how I'm so fucking over dinners and like going out to dinner and going out to dinner in 2023 just feels like deeply hard Mm -hmm. and a lot of the fun and joy has been sucked out of it. So when Thomas and I were in Paris for a couple of days, some of the best meals and some of the best like times Mm -hmm. in general were just like long lunches. Mm -hmm. There's just something so specifically that feels like this is not my regular life about a long lunch and about having wine or dessert or a macchiato or whatever mm. it is because it's like not something I would do on an like yes. on a regular Wednesday. And also lunch dessert. Lunch dessert. Like lunch dessert. Yeah. How lovely and delightful. Luxurious. Yeah. Luxurious. And there, it, it, luxurious is just, I think, the word in general. There is like a reason why ladies who lunch is a thing. Yeah. Like to have the luxury to have a long lunch yeah. is like not for most people. Also, I mean, in Europe, they won't even feed you dinner until like midnight. So exactly, it's also just hard to do dinner out with a toddler period, especially on European dining times. So for us, like when we did last summer take Cam to Europe, it was all about the the lunch out. A lunch reservation is easier to get. Lunch is less expensive. And I just do think that there's something really nice about if you can pull it off like with an Airbnb or like a mm-hmm. like a hotel room with like enough of a little kitchen or like whatever, I think there's something so repealing and relaxing about walking around all day, mm-hmm. having your long lunch, seeing yeah. lots of things, and then like coming back with snacks and things that you've grabbed and mm-hmm. just like having a snacky dinner nice. yeah. without having to like change to go back out or like kill time or like whatever mm-hmm. to have a 9 p.m. dinner yes. at a restaurant. It's nice to like stay in a little bit. I agree. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about it before on the podcast, but that restaurant Moco Nuts in Paris that is so wonderful is only open for lunch and it's like a fine dining restaurant and it's a very charming reason why the owners have kids and they're like we need to go home and eat dinner with our kids we're not going to serve dinner and I love that they're just like we can do a fancy lunch that's fine fancy lunch yeah I had a wonderful fancy lunch at this place glue which Mm -hmm. is right by the Picasso Museum and we sat upstairs by this open windows looking over this park Mm -hmm. and it was not busy and it just felt chill and it was a weekend like it was you know but it just felt like the kind of experience you're never going to get at dinner. It doesn't feel like sprawling in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. We had another great contribution to our Instagram thingies the other day. One thing I've realized about Instagram thingies is that maybe it's the vaguely anonymous nature of it, but people just really lean into their neuroses in it. There's no shame in an Instagram thingy. And it's really just people telling us, you know, what's making them happy, bringing them joy. And somebody just wrote, Taylor Swift lyric sporkles. I was like, what the fuck is this? It is essentially Wordle, but for Taylor Swift lyrics. Wow, 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 wow. So you are timed. You have this huge grid, essentially, of empty word boxes. And you just start typing in words. And if the word that you type in is in the 
the lyrics of the song. Like lover or something. Lover. Yeah. Or, you know, you start with like him. I, me, you, him. Yeah. To, but, and. It starts it's filling like them in. There's a certain wheel of fortune yes. tactic yeah, you have yeah, to develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And exactly. And it's, 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 as you it's do also different. with, yeah. with Wordle, where of course. it's your starting word, right? Until you start What's to, your starting Wordle word? Well, it used to be trick for no good reason. Mm. I just liked it. Yeah. And my dad <laughs> was so annoyed. He was like, no, it's audio. And then if you need after that, it's meaty. And I regret, regrettably worth it. Like it, it was just one of these things where I was like, yes, I'm so much better at this now. Audio, and if you need it, meaty. Because I, you cover all the vowels. Totally. I do roast. Okay, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. R-S-T, two yeah. vowels. Like, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, he's right. Like, you you get through all the vowels immediately, which yeah. tells you a lot. I don't know if I've gotten better. And, you know, I'm not a super committed Wordle person, but I liked that Trick had no logic to it. I was just like, no, this is my word. This is like, there's comfort in this. Yeah. I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but unfortunately, it, Regrettably worth it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it, the Taylor Swift thing, it's actually quite shocking how challenging I think it is, which is probably should be a comfort to me that I don't know Taylor Swift lyrics that well. That you can't get this within five <laughs> guesses of putting in him, it's I, like, me. Yeah, it's dumb, but it is satisfying in the same way. And I've only I've known about this game for like less than 24 hours at this point. So who knows what my journey will be <laughs> with it. But I don't think it's going to be the slate flosser for you. I don't think so. Yeah. I did. I was doing it last night and Chris was so upset. He was like, what? What? And, and like embarrassed or like just like, do you need help? Like, <laughs> do, you, do we need to talk about Disturbed. this? Do Disturbed. we need to talk about this was, I think, how he was feeling about it. Like, that's where you are right now. It's it's hard to do, hard to figure out. And even when you do figure out the song where you're like, oh, this is You Belong With Me, it you're still like, wait, what? what is the word that this song opens with? But it, it's satisfying in the same way that Wordle is, is you're just like, you're not thinking about anything else. Anyway, totally. for the it. Swifties. For the Swifties. Another Instagram thingy contribution that sent me down a rabbit hole was Famous Amos Cookies. And my first reaction to it was high school cafeteria. Was this a high school cafeteria staple for you? I I think, I mean, that's the only era that I can associate them with. But I don't have strong associations with Famous Amos in general. It's, for me, it's high school cafeteria. And I never belonged to a swim club, but like a swim swim club. Oh, a swim like meet snack. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like what you would go buy at the snack bar. Bar. That's right. <laughs> It's clear you didn't belong And so one. then I was just wanted to confirm because it was like, because I don't like Famous Amos cookies that much. So no. I was like, was that actually the cookie that was always being distributed in my high school cafeteria? And so I went to Google and I didn't confirm that one way or the other. But what I did discover, and I couldn't believe I'd never known, was that there's a fascinating story behind Famous Amos. Okay. And you you don't know this? No. Okay. So Wally Amos, who is the Famous, famous Amos, started as a mailroom clerk at William Morris Agency, now WME, ended up becoming the first black agent in the agency's history. This man signed Simon and Garfunkel. What? He headed the rock and roll department. He repped The Temptations. He repped Sam Cooke. He repped Marvin Gaye. And his whole shtick to sign artists was that he would send them an invitation to come meet with him along with some homemade cookies. What? <laughs> this is like, I'm like, how does everybody not know this? Why don't we have a documentary I'm, of this man? I'm sure there is, and I've missed it. So he opened, basically everybody's like, you should start selling these cookies. He opens his first store with a loan from Marvin Gaye and Helen Reddy. Okay. <laughs> and then there's a long history from there that is also quite worthy of a documentary. Like he basically, he goes bankrupt at some point, then he sells it. He's no longer associated with it. He's since started some other cookie company. I think more than one other cookie company. Like he's still selling in the cookie cookies. Game. He's still in the cookie game. He's still alive. 
But I was just like, this is the, this man brought us famous, famous cookies and Simon and Garfunkel. What? This is incredible. Incredible. And the first black agent at William Morris Agency. It was just like, this is quite notable beyond the cookie itself. You know what else I want to talk about? Wait, I want to say okay, one more yes. thing about cookies. Yeah. My cookie contribution <laughs> is this. I could talk about cookies for a while. Did you know mm-hmm. that Chips Ahoy is a pun on Ships Ahoy? <laughs> Did you ever thought about that? Ships Ahoy. Ahoy, matey. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Is that something you say, Ships Ahoy? I, I think so. <laughs> No, Chips Ahoy is another like bad. Like we grew up on bad. Famous Amos, like God, I love the story. No offense to Wally, but like those aren't good cookies, and neither are Chips Ahoy. No, peak cookie for us was Mrs. Fields. Yeah, and, and like, like that wasn't that great. Not that great. And now we have Levan, and now we have Tate's, and now we know what a good cookie tastes like. And even those have their days. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying more widely distributed. You know, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they've yeah, been yeah, around yeah. for a while, but now you can access yeah. those in, in other areas. Just because you've let me run a little bit loose now on this podcast (laughs) and talk about things that weren't necessarily in the script. We've touched on this a little bit, but I finally got a name for it. Do you have that thing in your family? We got a lot of things in my family. Where you might start an apple or a lime or a lemon and you don't use the whole thing. So you just leave it on the counter. And the expectation is that somebody else is going to finish it. Or you might finish it later, but it's like allowed to sit there. The thing we have in my house is two-pronged. We have it with citrus where- mm-hmm. Citrus is an important part of Where this. lemon or lime, like half of it will be used. Mm-hmm. And then Thomas will like leave the rest of it on the counter and with the expectation will be used. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, put it in a goddamn jar and put it in the refrigerator. <laughs> the other thing that happens now, this is a new one, yeah. Claire, is that he's developed a principle that- the the shell of a lime or lemon, like once you've mm-hmm. used it, is really good for cleaning out the sink. Oh, we've gone off the rails. We have gone oh, off the rails. Why? Like because, disinfectant? Well, like the acid cuts the grease okay. and it's kind of a scrubbery situation. Wow, you got to really love cleaning to be thinking about it like okay, this. Okay, so the problem is uh-huh. that means that we don't even just have half of limes <laughs> that are waiting to be used. We have half of limes that have been used yeah. that are sitting next to the sponge now because they are cleaning tool. Wow. So what I have to do is just wait for time to pass and throw them away. Wow. Wow. What's the time limit? What's your system? However long I think it'll take him to forget that it was there. (laughs) You can't acknowledge it. We just, it just has to go away. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So we always had this in my family growing up, especially with citrus, but sometimes like with a cucumber or bell pepper. My mom is big on produce just sprinkled with lime or lemon and salt. And so she'll like as a snack. So she'd like, she'll just like have one that. Yeah. And, and I, and there was this one cutting board in our house. It was like a petite wooden cutting board that was always out on the counter. And there was almost always some piece of usually citrus, but other produce sitting on it that was sort of in process. Yeah. We'll say in process. And it never occurred to me that it was odd. And I remember it was not until I was in high school. My friend Kyle, who's a deep neat freak came over and he was like, why do you guys always have this out? <laughs> and I was like, it was one of those moments of like shame about something I didn't yeah, even yeah, know yeah, to be ashamed yeah. about. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like that's just how thing. we live. That's how we do it. And it like organically came to be in my own life now, in my adult life too, more so now that I have a kid who eats apple slices. And so we almost always have an in-process apple. And I actually find it deeply comforting and sweet and sentiment like there's just nostalgic about it it's like you know it's not quite even the nostalgia it's that like 
Chris and I share an apple when we're not even in the same room. There's just something about like, it's a silent language of like, I've left this apple out. You can eat it if you want. I might come it's eat it It's a love later. language. It's like a weird little love language. And it's a browning apple love language. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it does brown, but more often than not, it gets finished. And I think I find that very satisfying too. I'm like, I didn't want a whole apple, but it still didn't go to waste. Yeah. I think the waste of it all is probably a big piece for you. Yeah. And I really like, I'm like, oh, you finished my apple for me. Thank you. <laughs> and... We had our house professionally clean the other day and Chris goes, I don't think they respect our family apple because it, <laughs> it was like, first of all, like he just has a gift for naming things in a way that sums up what like says a lot. It was like, that's what it is. That's our family, it's our apple. family apple. I was so happy to have a name for it. And then he revealed to me, he was like, yeah, my mom doesn't like the family apple either. And I was like, wait, your mom has opinions on the family apple? He's like, yeah, well, whenever I like we go there, she's always annoyed that I'm leaving like a half consumed apple. Because it's not like we're taking a bite out of it. Right, we're cutting slices. slices off yeah, yeah, of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The bites out of it would be unacceptable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I just realized in that conversation just how much it has come to mean to me. It is an unspoken part of my identity is the family apple. I love this. I want to hear more of these things from people. It's like the thing that the tweet thread that you and I always loved from Molly McAleer, who's like, didn't everybody have a jar of tasting spoons on their counter? Was this not a thing? And then yeah. people jumped in to explain what, yeah. what their weird kitchen family things were. And basically. mine is the family apple. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So tell us what's regrettably worth it. Tell us what your family apple is. We want to know. Let's go. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.